It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 708 on a Saturday morning, 21 degrees outside, a not safe time to be out on the roads. The only people who need to be out on the roads are people whose work calls them, and they must be there because there are medical emergency or other reasons for that. That is going on this morning. We'll be broadcast, we'll be updating the weather conditions and the um, traffic conditions as time goes on. Ashley Frasca co-hosting this morning with me because she can man the or woman the computer and can see the uh, traffic conditions real time and tell you what's going on outdoors. Also, the traffic from the traffic center will be on this morning as well as Kirk Mellish's full weekend forecast. We got all that coming up on Lawn and Garden. I just walked across the hall, checked in with Mark Aram, Veronica Harrell, and yeah. they're like, "What is going on, you people?" You know, right. the people on the roads, like Come there on. should not be red alerts with interstates shut down due to crashes. If anything, the interstates need to be shut down just right. because they're not passable and they're treacherous. But lots of people out there driving. There's a lot of brake lights, certain parts of town right now. It seems like the hardest hit area with uh, just too many people trying to get on icy roads is down in kind of the Riverdale area and 85, 285, that interchange, mm-hmm. you know, southwest of the airport down past College Park. Lots of problems on the ramps and it's always those transition ramps from one interstate onto another usually sharp curves you know flyover ramps at times which means they're more likely to ice and 85 north shut down at the mall of georgia bad stuff did you ask mark how he got out of his complex this morning yeah so we we started off the six o'clock hour kind of uh give you know ribbon mark a little bit he almost didn't make it for tv traffic this morning because the uh gate to where he lives was iced shut so he said he just walked up to it you know just grabbed it as much as he could kind of wiggled it while pushing the remote at the same time and it ended up opening but he had to go out the (laughs) in entrance so however you can get out today if you must but we really advise folks not to stay home i mean they put us up in a hotel last night and we got here safely and all was well the farm method of thawing things like that is to take a big old roll of newspapers and light it up. And I could just see Mark Aaron with a roll of newspapers <laughs> trying to light his gate and melt right. the ice inside the lock on that thing. Probably not the best thing to do in a gated community. No, it wouldn't be. Speaking of bridges, Tristan is in Covington and has a little update on where he's been driving this morning. Hey, Tristan, good morning. Morning. So the bridge is looking pretty good then in your neck of the woods. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm driving from Covington to Loganville for work, and uh, the bridges are they're salted. Uh, Looks like the road crews have got you know on top of everything, yeah. and the surface roads that I'm driving are my 138. The back roads, I'm not seeing a lot of ice. I'm seeing some snow flurries, but no ice. So anything coming down right now where you are, Tristan? Uh, as of right now, no. Um, there was when I first left home this morning, um, but it's, it looks like it's kind of tapered off some. Yeah, I think for the rest of the day, it's going to be mostly, it's not going to thaw out. That's the problem right now, is it's not going to thaw out. It's not going to get above freezing today. And so all the roadways that are iced up right now are probably going to say mostly iced up the rest of the day. But the road crews will get out and sand them, put the brine on them, do things that they have to to keep it passable for people who have to go in. But um, the rest of the day, for most everyone, stay inside, stay at home, play with the kids, play with the grandkids, do whatever you have to do, but don't drive because it is dangerous out there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your call, Tristan. We do appreciate it. Drive safe. Drive safe, no sir. Thank Steve is up in Winder. Steve has a little report on where he is this morning. Steve, good morning. 
Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I just I drove from Winder down to the beat, or the uh, QT at uh, 29 and 316. Yeah. And now I'm headed back to Winder. I'm going to swing to the uh, Walmart and pick up a couple of things. But, uh, yes, it's it was snowing when I left the house, and that has stopped. But the, uh, the roads are just wet. I uh, haven't seen any slush, no accumulation. Uh, you know, I haven't seen any any real major issues. All right, great. I think probably the reason that some of the roads are so passable right now is because the DOT got out early, way before the storm really hit, and put down brine, put down some salt, put down some uh, uh, grit, and that has been all the difference when the DOT was way ahead of the situation. We do appreciate their hard work. Yeah, yesterday morning when I came in at 4 a.m., 575 and 75 out of Cherokee and Cobb counties had already been treated with brine. So, I mean, they got out there 24 hours in advance of this thing and and treated a lot of the roads. Now, granted, there are some highways that were not treated, but it really seems the predictions were pretty accurate with the way the storm came through, kind of moving at a southeast kind of motion there. A lot of things very east of Atlanta, almost out to Bethlehem and Monroe and Newton County, Rockdale County. Those seem to be the, the... least affected areas but still that does not in any way i'm not saying it's safe to travel anywhere specifically but i mean a lot of the ice as predicted you and i were talking on the way in below i-20 really affecting the south side that kind of thing yeah yeah and the other thing that demarco williams who's screening calls this morning said that he came down from norcross and the ice trucks and sand trucks were marshalling themselves there at spaghetti junction ready to go any place that needed to go if it got slick if it got really 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 cold or icy they could go out and uh, put the brine and put the grit down to make sure people could drive but this is just such a disappointing storm for the kiddos because they're once snow yeah you want something to play with and it's just ice a lot of you just waking up to ice now i know they're about two to three inches certain parts of cherokee county north cobb uh i'm not sure if gwinnett got any you know accumulated snow so to speak but yeah not not much for the kids but hey you didn't you didn't even get a free school day out of it it's saturday (laughs) and you know the predicted high on thursday 68 degrees. Welcome to Florida. No, wait, we're still in Georgia. Absolutely not. 68 nuts. degrees on Thursday predicted. We'll see about that. I mentioned a minute ago that I talk about how cold affects plants. And one of the things I posted yesterday on Facebook is that the great news as it affects our plants is that they have had several weeks of pretty chilly weather. It hadn't gotten really warm or really um freezy, freezy, freezy fridges in the last couple of weeks. So they have acclimated themselves very nicely. Hydrangeas and roses and azaleas and all the plants that we look forward to. Even camellias, which are blooming certainly right now. Some of the uh, Sasanqua camellias have beautiful big blooms on them. And they, I think the buds that have not opened yet will probably still open later on this month. The Sasanquas, the Japonicas are starting to open as well. The ones, the flowers that were open, they're sort of mushy right now. But the uh, camellias are not particularly going to be hurt by the cold other than the open flowers. So the plants that were acclimated, hydrangeas, roses, as I mentioned, are going to be just fine. There's no need to cover them, no need to do any protection or anything like that for them. And the plants that have um, leaves on them that are growing rapidly, I'm thinking of pansies and ornamental kale, ornamental cabbage and things like that, they have very, very robust systems inside themselves to protect from cold weather. Most of them, the way they do it is they just lose moisture. When they feel the temperature dropping, a pansy will lose moisture out of its leaves. The leaves get drier with no dry, with no water 
water inside the cells, then the ice crystals can't form, and they're the ones that really damage the uh, the cells when the freezing hits. So the pansies may wilt today, and as it warms up over the next couple of days, they'll perk right back up again, be blooming. I've got pictures of pansies blooming in the snow. They do just fine. So they protect themselves that way. A cuba that I have right next to my uh, walkway at my house, between my house and the carport, and I always smell the... There's a distinct smell, actually. Is I don't there? know how to describe it other than it's a plant smell. And when it's been a real cold night, I can come out there and walk out to get the paper or something, and I smell the akuba, and all the leaves are droopy, wilty, look like they're just never going to recover. Within an hour of the sun hitting them and warming up a little bit, boop, and the wow. akuba comes up great. The cyclamen appears to do that, too, with mine. It gets kind of droopy and yeah. sad-looking, and then once once it gets a little bit warmer. Now, you mentioned the things that are hardy that, that are going to tolerate this weather just fine. Knockout roses, at least mine and some I'd seen in the area, they were blooming, honest to God, <laughs> up until a week or two before Christmas. Sure. And some other things that are a little thrown off because it just stayed so warm for so long. So a lot of calls to your show here in the last month or so have been people concerned with the pruning schedule. You know, and, and there are um, azaleas here in downtown Atlanta that yeah. I just saw yesterday. Purple azaleas still have blooms on them. So is that a factor that these are flowering a little later than normal? Is that going to delay your pruning schedule or still kind of stay on time? You know, that's a good question. The ones you saw blooming were probably the Encore azaleas, which bloom, you know, two or three times during the year. And the pruning for them is still my recommendation always for Encores is prune them after the bloom of spring. So this is not springtime right now. This is aberration, I guess. <laughs> As you say, it was just warm later, and so they bloomed a little bit later than they should. But after the big spring bloom in April for encores, then maybe last week of April, first couple of weeks in May, that'd be a terrific time to prune them if you need to. You don't have to, but if you need to prune your encores and other azaleas, that would be the time to do it. And the knockouts, I mean, regardless of how long they're blooming, I always do the major pruning around Valentine's Day. Yeah. For me, it's just easy to remember February 14th right. and roses, and they seem to be happy with that. So no need to change that this year either. No right? need to change it. I noticed my, my neighbor Carl's knockouts around his mailbox that I planted for him three years ago now. I said, Carl, they're looking a little straggly right now. Do you mind if I prune them? And of course, he never minds if I prune his <laughs> knockout roses. So I thought, okay, I'll get out and uh, prune them in the next few days. And so you can prune anytime between now and, as you say, Valentine's, February, even very early March. You can see those little red buds. That's how you know which way to prune the, the roses. I've got the knockouts on Valentine's Day, and we have panicle hydrangeas, <laughs> right. and I do those on March 17th on St. Patrick's Day. And you have the re regular hydrangeas. You do those on July 4th. So see? holiday scheduling. This. We need to, this works out well. Uh, we need to have some sort of calendar of holiday garden tasks. What do you do <laughs> on Groundhog Day? What do you do on uh, Columbus Day? We'll figure something out. When we come back, I want to ask you about Christmas plants, paper white. Amaryllis and poinsettias. All right, we'll talk about that. Coming up in the next half hour, also, we'll talk to Carl in Atlanta about what's going on on Howell Mill Road. We'll have Jackie and Delonica with us as well. It was 719, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And 
Big Brother update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's 20.8 degrees right now. Kirk says it's going to get up to the low 30s. It's not even that high, maybe 29 degrees today. Tomorrow, a little bit warmer, perhaps 16 degrees is the low overnight tonight. But hey, Thursday, 68 degrees here in Atlanta. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca is co-hosting the show with me this morning. DeMarco Williams is screening calls. Jason Byers, of course, is our engineer, chooses our music and makes sure we stay on the air. And happy. So we're still here to take your lawn and garden sure. calls, of course, 404-872-0750, but also sprinkle in a little bit about what you're seeing. If you can safely call us from the roads or after you've reached your destination and kind of tell other listeners if they need to traverse out as well, what roads are affected, where you see the most snow accumulation, that kind of thing. Folks just waking up here at almost 730 in the morning and waking up thinking, what happened overnight? What I miss? <laughs> Well, Carl can join us and tell us what's going on on Howell Mill. Hey, Carl, good morning. What's going on? Good morning. Thanks for having an interesting and informative show, first you, of all. Yeah. Um, it, I went out about an hour and a half ago, and it was just sort of wet, and then the wind has picked up, and, and then, mm-hmm. unfortunately, before the wind could dry anything, it cooled it off faster, so now it's patchy. Yeah. Have you it's, seen uh, much ice on the trees, Carl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, Japanese maple and dogwoods, and they're very pretty in these LED street lights. <laughs> but... Yes. Uh, so that's the thing. I, I live in a deadly curve about a mile north of I-75, and the one car that came by did just fine. So that was oh. good for the road crew. I don't yeah, know if they've done good, anything or not. Good to know that people are staying home, too. I mean, yeah. one car, that's great. That's all that's the traffic it. we need on Howell Mill. Yep, that was about the test car. I said, okay, I can go back in now. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> I got a question. Yeah, man. Uh, I had two big, really big poplar trees, you know, the old tulip poplar style that have the, the funny-looking flowery, leafy things in sure. the springtime. And um, we lost one that just just from a lot of rain. It was in an embankment. It fell across the backyard and across the next guy's yard and the third guy's yard. And I thought it was about 80 feet tall and measured it. It was 130 feet tall. Wow. But interesting. But uh, I got another one that's my major shade tree. It's in the front. And... Um, and it's, it, I believe the age on this thing is about the same as the house, which is about 1950. Okay. And I was curious, as, I've had a guy look at it, it's supposed to be an arborist, you don't know, you know, it came from a major, one of the major companies, I presume, yeah. he knew what he was doing. So what's the question? We've got to get to it real quick here, Carl. Lifespan on that, that poplar tree, is there anything, do they have a lifespan expectancy, or do they just keep on going forever, or what's the story? I think they're pretty long-lived. Poplars, oaks, maples, all can stay around for easily 50 to 100 years. Now, poplars have the problem they lose their leaves early in the um, summertime. When it just gets a little bit dry, the poplars are immediately going to drop all their leaves. The limbs are a little brittle, and sometimes they'll pop out pretty readily from a tree, but I don't think there's anything that's going to limit the life of a poplar like it would on a dogwood, which only goes, seems, 25 to 30 years maybe on that. So I think you're okay with the poplar. I think it's going to stick around for a long time. At 729, we'll be back to more lawn and garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
637, 20.4 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reese. The law the, the the Georgia Gardener, the Lawn and Gardener to Georgia as well. Uh, alongside Ashley Frasca, who's co-hosting the show this morning with me. We came in early this morning, 5 a.m. to make sure you knew what was going on with the weather and how the cold weather is affecting your plants. And you were able to take a couple of update calls too as what's going on with the traffic outside. Of course, no one who has uh, no one who has anything other than official business needs to be on the roads right now. If you're just going out to get a loaf of bread, that was yesterday. Today, you walk next door, you borrow the bread from your neighbor, you don't get out on the roads. It is icy right now. Let's go to the phones. We've got um, uh, Fran. Let's see, who is this? No, we don't have a traffic update. It's just uh, just a garden question. So let's go to Jackie first then. Jackie's up in Dahlonega. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this Hey, man. Morning? What's going on? Uh, I just got a question for you about one of my trees. Yeah, man. What? Uh, it's uh, either a cedar or a short needle pine. Okay. And it's losing its needles on the inside, but the very outside, it's still got a few green ones. Right. Up almost all the way up to the top of it. It's about 10, 15 foot tall. What would be the reason why it's losing all its needles? Wait till, let me say, May and June, more likely June, Jackie, listen to the show then. There's going to be a parade of people just like you, but they're going to be talking about not their cedar and the short-needle pine. They'll be talking about Leland Cypress and Cryptomeria, because yeah. what you are describing is what I anticipate is coming on Cryptomeria and Leland Cypress that got dry during the drought of this past year. Because well, it happens, dry, the dry weather causes the inside of a tree needle trees sometimes to have little cankers. It gets on the bark once the bark splits when it's real dry. The bark splits apart. The fungus gets in, makes little cankers. And the inside of the tree gets lots and lots of dead needles, just like yeah. you said, just like on your tree. Yeah. Not anything you can do about it. You can, If you've got green needles on the outside, many times the tree will continue to live. You just don't want it to have two years in a row of drought, so this would be a warning if it gets dry in June of 2017, make sure you water your tree. Don't let it dry out. All right, yeah. I know it's right beside some Leland cypress, and uh, it may be a different kind of Yeah, it could be. You know, there's, two, there's two or three different canker diseases, but all of them seem to be associated with drying out of the tree, and that was, that was you know all over North Georgia last year. So that's what I anticipate, that people will have the same complaint as you as the weather warms up. It gets a little drier during June and July. Yeah, maybe we'll have a bunch of rain this year. Uh, keep your fingers crossed, Jackie. That's what we need. <laughs> lots and lots and lots of rain. That's exactly right. Yeah. A wet year would be just what we need. Thanks that's for calling. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. We'll see you soon, Jackie. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Fran comes to us from Stone Mountain. Fran's on the line. Hey, Fran, good morning. Hi, Walter. Good morning. Um, I have a question. I have lots of flower beds in my yard, and one in particular did not do well, and I've got lots of perennials in that bed. And I was wondering if I could just use a good soil conditioner as a top dressing on it. Would it work its way into the soil? Because I hate to rototill because I don't want to disrupt the perennials. I'll tell you the top dressing that I would use is a mixture of, just as you said, some uh, soil conditioner and mix it with one of the slow-release fertilizers like Milorganite or Hollytone or EB Stone. 
the slow-release fertilizer will not be washed into the soil very readily, even during the wintertime when it snows or rains anymore between now and spring. But it okay. will enrich the soil conditioner, and enriched soil conditioner is what worms eat. And worms come to the surface around your plants and say, oh, look at this. What, what a nice thing for Fran to do for us. And they pull the organic matter down into the soil as they eat and digest it. And that, I think, may be the best thing to do, is make an enriched soil amendment oh, okay. and top dress over the top of your perennials. Is it a good idea to do it like now? I mean, you said Thursday is going to be 65. Yeah, right, 68 degrees maybe on Thursday. One of the wow. things you can do, Fran, if you have a pitchfork or a spading fork, is mm-hmm. once you put the conditioner, this uh, enriched stuff on top of the soil, just stick the spading fork in the ground and wiggle it a little bit, and that allows the material to drop down into the holes, okay. and it's a little faster maybe than the earthworms doing the job. Oh, okay. Well, and that's that's good then. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. Great question. Thanks for calling, Fran. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. We'll see you. Sean says on two eighty five. What's going on two eighty five, Sean? Hey, Walter. I'm uh I'm leaving work. I'm I'm going from Tequila making my trek across Atlanta back back home to Calhoun. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've just, I've, I've seen some, some real spotty, spotty ice spots, like 316 over by Collins Hill. Right. Going up that hill right there by the Gwinnett County Jail was, uh, I was slipping and sliding. Oh, no. Individual in front of me started uh, kind of going back and forth. Yeah. Almost lost control. And, uh, you know, we were able to, able to get the hill there, but, I noticed at 285 and and uh, 85 too. There was real slippery prayer, but where I'm at now, it's it's looking really good. It's really dry. It's uh, roadways are nice and clear. Not many people on the road, so it's uh, looking good so far. That is a heck of a commute to go from Decatur to Calhoun. You do that? Yeah. How often do you have to do that, Sean? Uh, just every every third day. Oof. I'm not. I'm not doing it every day, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a commute for me. Yeah, and if it was, do you have to ever do it during the rush hour in the morning or the afternoon? Well, I I leave pretty early in the morning. My my trip to to work is is pretty clear. Going home in the morning is uh is usually a nightmare. It takes me it takes me about an hour and fifteen to get to work. Yeah, but it takes me about two and a half hours oh. to get home from work. Wow, <laughs> you should become yeah, a yeah. traffic trooper. You need really, to call us Sean? and let us know what you see. I will. Uh, I'll consider it. I'll, I'll give it out for anybody not driving that can ride out that because we just recently had a whole rush of listeners. Like, wait, I want to be a traffic trooper. How do I get a goofy name? How do I get <laughs> you know to call the traffic center and talk to Mark Aram and Mark McKay? So the traffic center phone number here at WSB is four zero four eight nine seven seven three five eight. And really, I mean, just becoming a traffic trooper is us getting to know you and you kind of call us every day or, you know, with things pretty often so that we kind of form a relationship with you and get to know your commute. But well, I don't know what we would do without our traffic troopers. So you cover a lot of ground. That would be great. Yeah, that, Give us yeah, a call. Yeah, I listen to you guys every morning. I mean, I don't even listen to any other stations anymore. That That's, yeah, that's awesome, good Sean. news right there. That's really good. Guys, what, what would you like your nickname to be, Sean? I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to work on that one i guess it's I'll tough to, uh... a lot of the longtime traffic troopers either got a name from captain herb or doug or or mark aaron will come up with something goofy mm-hmm. for them and a lot of people just think of their own traffic trooper name I, i've been a number well, of I'm, things i'm up 
suggestions. So if you got anything for me, I'll see. Shy Sean or uh, Smiling Sean or, uh, you know, you're working yeah, out for you, Yeah, we need to Sean. think about it. But when you come up with something clever, Sean, and give us a call, you give us a call in the traffic center anytime you see anything. Or, I mean, it, it works both ways, too, whether someone's calling us to report something or whether someone's calling us to say, hey, I got to get down to the airport in a hurry. How, how are the roads looking? I mean, we will give you a personalized traffic give report. Us, give us that number again. 404 897 Seven three five eight. Now, granted, you can't call us all the time, right. asking for routes about things we just reported on the air. We don't have time to give everyone personalized traffic reports. But I mean, when it's not a crazy busy morning, we are live in there taking calls. Yep. And uh, well, we can... I understand that. I appreciate it. Like I yeah. said, you guys every morning, and uh, you guys get me to and from work. So yeah. much Great. appreciated. Well, good thank deal, you, Sean. Sean. Calling, Be man. safe Great. out there. Great talking yeah, you to too. you. All right. Have a good one. It was a week ago, I was traveling on uh, Brockliff Road, going north on Brockliff Road, and there's a pine tree just falling across Brockliff. Of course, the first thing I think is call the traffic center and call them up. And they said, oh, yeah, they just uh, reported that somebody else called and said there's a, a, a Cliff Valley Way, the police car there. I said, yeah, that's what I was going to report. There's a, there's a tree across the road at Brockliff at, at Cliff Valley Way. And uh, they said, thank you. And but then the that. next traffic report, I was driving around, <laughs> and I heard our own Walter Reeves just called in a tree down, and I thought, oh, cool. Yeah, man, we got to keep it up. Yep. This is how we do it. Actually, you mentioned, I don't know, a week or two ago on your Facebook post that the traffic center and Waze are working together somehow. How does that yeah, work? Yeah, uh, Channel 2 just started a new relationship with Waze, so we're promoting that folks download the Waze app. And there are ways to use the app where you are not – you know, engaged with it as you're driving. Of mm-hmm. course, we don't promote that in any way. Safe driving, always, hands off the phone. But I, I'm i old school. I am so slow to learn new technology, so I'll probably catch on to Waze in a year or two once it's already not new and shiny anymore. But So you create a little profile, and you just tap your phone when you leave the house, yeah. and it kind of paces your commute, keeps up with your commute, and, you know, you can let other folks, when you're safely at a standstill or in a parking lot or something, you can plug little plot things on the map and let folks know if, if you just saw a police vehicle pulled over or crashed mm-hmm. or something like that. So, I mean, still, we love hearing just firsthand from people. It's a little bit safer for them to use their Bluetooth and call us rather than trying to plot a crash on this on this Waze app. But, yeah, I mean, it's just one more source of good information that we receive at the traffic center. And I will brag, we are the best traffic team in the Southeast. Sean. There's no one that does it the way we do. And all the resources that we have at our fingertips, most are thanks to Captain Herb. Just the relationships he had and the knowledge he had, he passed on to us and he left us in really good hands. Let me ask you this. Is it true that you can actually make the traffic cameras, the ones that are on the post by the highways, move around a little bit so you can get a nice, close picture of some of the accidents? And you stuff? know, the DOT has control of those and, and we can call and just say hey we just had someone call in a crash you know on the south side can you move a camera for us and the dot can get right on it and give us the best view because you do a great job on twitter you do a fabulous job actually putting pinpoint pictures in uh uh, situations going just about every morning it has two or three or four twitters tweets that you um show what's going on with pictures associated with yeah the pictures are, are just more fun to see than just a long yeah. sentence of me telling you where the uh, the jam is. But yeah, at Ashley Frasca WSB on Twitter. And often when I fill in for Mark Aram on Channel 2, they love me tweeting the photos yeah. and just being interactive with folks, you know, engaging with us on Twitter. It's fun. Social media has made this job a whole lot more fun. <laughs> All right. Well, in the next half hour, Ashley wants to ask a question about her holiday plants, or amaryllis and, and paper whites and other things that she got for the, for the holiday season. We'll talk about that right now at 748. We'll be right back after this. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically, it's not going to get any warmer today. May, well, a little bit warmer. Right now, it's 20.7 degrees. This afternoon goes up into the very high 20s, maybe breaking 30 degrees this afternoon. A little bit of wind, a little bit more ice outside. And don't forget, be careful on the roads because trees are loaded up with ice in many places around Atlanta. And you want to keep an eye on them because they can fall without warning. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So actually around town, how are the temperatures looking around Atlanta? It's actually gotten a little bit colder around town since we came on the air at 5 o'clock. Calhoun now at 19 degrees. Degrees. Eatonton, the warmest spot at 34. They were at 37 when we yeah. started off. Atlanta at 23 and out in Rome, 23 as well. So temperatures dropping. And I see on the storm tracker radar, too, the only precipitation that you really see now is just up east of Blairsville, almost to that extreme northeast corner of Georgia into South Carolina. So shouldn't really be any sleet or snow falling at the moment, but everything's still cold enough yeah. to freeze over what was wet last night. What's on the ground is cold. It's wet. If it hadn't been ducked melted or scraped away by the DOT, then it is slick, 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 slick outside. Be careful. Be at home. Do anything you have to do by foot rather than by wheel. Let's go to the phones. We got uh, Ed and McDonough with a, with a quick weather update, traffic, I guess, update hey, down Walter. in McDonough. Hey, Ed, morning. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, Ed. How, what's going well, on down I'm there? In, I'm, in, I'm in Kellytown, which is due east of uh, McDonough. Got it. It's uh, 25 on the porch. And brother, it's cold outside. Huh. And that wind is is cutting you in half. Yeah, 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 yeah. The but, wind but is. I a... wanted to tell you about my history with WSB. Real quick, I, I've been li- I've been listening to y'all so long that Northwest Orient, the gong used to be. Ooh, my Northwest <laughs> Orient. And Walter, one more question: Did you ever work as an extension agent in Clayton County? Of course I did, Ed. Yeah. All right. Do Do you know Dorothy Hickerson at Forest Park uh, Junior High? No. She was the secretary at the junior high school. I know that I was, uh, I went to the junior high, but I don't remember Doris, no. She had a, Dorothy Hickerson, she had a chance to meet you, and she reiterates that all the time when we listen to WSB. You tell Dorothy I said hello. And I will. So y'all have a, a safe, and the ice is starting to form a little bit on the side of the roads, the mm. blacktop. All right, great, great, great warning for us, Ed. Thanks so much for right. calling. Tell Doris I said hey. We'll see you, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, a lot of friends that I had in Clayton County. I worked there for three years doing 4-H club work and knew the schedule of every elementary school in Clayton County. Swint Elementary, Terra Elementary, Little East Souter Elementary. I can name just about every elementary school that was open in 1973. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. <laughs> 